0: Good morning. It's Tuesday, 12th of May 2020, and you're listening to On This Day with Calcolan Diary. I'm Brian Byrne. On the 12th of May 1949, the Soviet Union lifted its blockade of Berlin. The blockade of the divided city, which was located in the Soviet-controlled eastern zone of Germany, had begun in June of 1948, following the introduction of the new Deutschmark currency into West Berlin. It was replacing the Reichsmark, the much-inflated currency still promoted by the Soviets in the east. The Soviets closed access to the city through the eastern zone, blocking railway, road and canal access to the parts of Berlin under western control. The blockade would be dropped, they said, if the currency was withdrawn. This was the latest and the worst twist in relations between East and West since the occupation of Germany at the conclusion of World War II. At the time, there was only just over a month's supply of food and coal in Berlin. In response, the U.S. and British Air Forces decided on a massive airlift of supplies through air corridors to the city, which had been agreed since the end of the war. They were supported by aircrew from the air forces of France, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. Over 15 months, more than 200,000 sorties were flown. The original plan was to carry 3,475 tonnes of materials a day. In fact, that was often doubled, and in the most successful day, the cargo reached nearly 13,000 tons of food, fuel, and other necessities. The Soviets were in a bind. The Cold War was already happening, and they knew that if they shot down unarmed planes carrying only civilian supplies, they risked open conflict with the Allies, so they did not disrupt the operation. The sight of lines of planes arriving at Tempelhof and Gatow airports attracted hundreds of Berliners every day. At the busiest point, a plane was arriving every 30 seconds. A new runway was built by the French at Lake Tegel, which was later to become Tegel Airport. The planes used were mostly Douglas C-47s and C-54s, and in total they flew more than 92 million miles in the operation. That's almost the distance from the earth to the sun. Twenty-five aircraft crashed over the period. There were 101 fatalities, most of which were non-flying accidents. After 323 days, realising they had failed, the Soviets lifted the blockade. But the airlift continued to the end of September of that year, as the Western Allies thought it might be reimposed if they stopped. Berlin was hundred miles inside the eastern zone, following the division of Germany into occupation zones in August 1945. The western zones of the city were controlled respectively by the US, Britain and France. Because Stalin's ambition was to eventually control all of Germany as a communist state, limited access to supplies by rail into Berlin was imposed from the beginning of the Soviet occupation. No agreements were reached on road and canal access to the city, but they were used on a goodwill basis. The three air corridors, which would later be used to undermine the blockade, were agreed. In April 1948, there had already been a little airlift following further restrictions on military trains supplying the respective Western occupation zones in Berlin. Some 20 flights a day were going in, but were often being harassed by Soviet fighters. In one of these incidents, a British cargo plane and a Soviet fighter collided, killing all on board both aircraft. That exacerbated tensions, but contrary to what the Soviets thought, it did not knock down the Western belief that airlifts could be maintained. The main airlift was initially something of organized chaos, with inefficient use of aircraft and aircrew, and dangerous stacking of incoming aircraft over Berlin. After some serious incidents, the operation was put in charge of a U.S. military transport expert, Major General Tunner, who had operated something similar between India and China during the war in the East. Tunner reorganized everything, streamlined the operation. Just one example, he noted that there was a time delay when aircrew left their aircraft to get snacks between flights. So he ordered them to stay on board and had mobile snack bars sent to the planes instead. By August of 1948, there were more than 1,500 flights a day. One pilot, having found while talking to children at the airport that they had little in the line of snacks, gave them his chocolate bars. Afterwards, he began dropping candy on his approach to Tempelhof to the children at the end of the runway, using little handkerchief parachutes. That became a major operation in its own right, and in the end, over 23 tons of candy were dropped over Berlin by various incoming aircraft. When the airlift ended, more than 2.3 million tons of supplies had been carried In today's money, the cost is estimated at up to $5.4 billion. The benefits included an increased support for the creation of a West German state and a much better relationship between Germans and the Western Allies. And eventually, today, a united Germany, which has played an important part in the formation of modern Europe.